I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Well, welcome back to season one. So glad you're joining us today. We just consider it a huge honor uh, that you tune in, that you have found this space and you invite us into your world every single week. Uh, Before we get into our interview today, uh, which I'm very excited about, by the way, I want to make a quick announcement for you. And uh, that is this. Uh, Leading Second is an extension of Team Church and Team Church Conference uh, based out of my home church, Champion Center, here in Tacoma, Washington, with my pastor, Kevin Gerald. And uh, throughout the year, we host events called Team Church One Day. And I wanted to extend an invitation for you to join us at two Team Church One Day events we have coming up this fall. First of all, we are excited to bring Team Church One Day to Ohio on Tuesday, October 23rd. If you're anywhere within the area of Belleville, Ohio, you're not going to want to miss Team Church One Day in October. And then also on Tuesday, December 4th, we are bringing Team Church One Day to Venice, Florida, uh, down in the uh, Tampa, Sarasota area. And man, it would just be our honor to host you and host your team at Team Church One Day. Team Church exists to explore the DNA of great teams and to equip leaders who build churches that impact communities for Christ. So if if you want more information, check out teamchurchconference.com. Leading Second is an extension of the Team Church tribe, and we'd love to meet you. We'd love to shake your hand and uh, resource you and your team. It would be our absolute honor. So join us at Team Church One Day this fall. So every episode, we take a question from a listener of the Leading Second podcast, who's also connected to us on social media or a member of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And I absolutely love hearing your questions. I want to encourage you to keep sending them in. This week for our question, I wanted to do something different. And uh, we're going to address something that isn't a specific question we received, but rather we're going to take a compilation of many questions we've received uh, recently and comments we've received and address them. And today I simply want to address the idea of, of this question, what do I do when I'm not okay? What do I do? When I'm not okay. Man, I wanted to lean into this for just a minute on this episode today. I feel like I've had an unusual amount of conversations lately, both online, in person, you know, in our coaching groups, with young leaders who are experiencing pain or who aren't doing well personally. I just feel like I've received so much of this into my world lately. And uh, maybe you're experiencing a personal challenge yourself and you would be here today saying, I'm not doing okay. I'm not doing well. Um, I just wanted to address this for a minute because I think this is a make or break question for us in our journey of ministry life. Let me first say I am 17 years into full-time ministry 
Um, I'm 37 years old and uh, ministry has been the single greatest part of my life, but it has also included pain. It has also included tough times. And the first thing I wanted to say to you today, if you would have a question that could be summed up of what do I do if I'm not okay, the first thing I wanted to say to you today is this, you're not alone. That we all experience pain. I actually feel that the greatest lie of the enemy is to make you believe that you are alone, that you're the only one experiencing pain. You know, how can I be serving Jesus and doing um, what he wants me to do and, and walking in a call of God for my life and still be experiencing pain? I want to remind you that Paul described himself as having the thorn in the flesh. And the brilliant way he wrote it is that uh, we don't know what his thorn was. And so therefore we can all relate to it. And... Um, I think we can also assume that the thorn was painful. I wanted to remind you that you're not alone today also uh, in the fact that Jesus is with you. And just like his grace was sufficient for Paul, his grace will be sufficient for you in anything that you might be walking through today. second thing I wanted to remind you of, if, if you would have that question, what do I do if I'm not okay? I would want to remind you of this thought, and that's that pain has a purpose. Pain has a purpose. Now, we don't like this thought. Um, It's a tough thought. But I want to remind you that pain always accomplishes something in our lives when we run to Jesus in our pain. That pain produces perseverance and pain produces character. And and I, I heard it said one time, never despise the things that drive you to your knees. You know, Jesus never said it would be easy. But he did promise us he would be with us. And and I believe that he is faithful and he is kind And he allows the seasons to not harm us, but accomplish something in us. Pain has a purpose. And the last thing I think it was on my heart to share with you today, if that question sums you up at all, what do I do if I'm not okay? I I think I would want to say this to you. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. One of the greatest mistakes that I think we make in ministry is to assume that our pastors will be adversarial to us if we speak up and say we're not doing Okay, you know, this is this is where ministry life is unique in the fact that our calling, our work and our morality are all tied up together. You know, our, our job requires that we are doing. Okay, so what do you do when you're not? Okay, and when you're not doing well, I have met countless young leaders who find it easier to hide than speak up and get help. And I want to encourage you today. If you're in a season that's challenging to speak up and get the help that you need, I want to encourage you to see your pastor as your partner and not your adversary. And um, to just be willing to raise your hand and say, I'm willing to walk through a process, but I do need help. Uh, I have no shame in saying I see a counselor and I've seen her for a while now and I'll probably see her for a really long time. It's saved my life. And I know that getting the right help will save yours. So I just wanted to pause for a minute today in the journey of our podcast just to address what I have seen to be a tsunami of questions and comments and topics all relating to this issue. And at the end of the day, I want you to know that that as I set out to record this answer today, I prayed for you that Jesus would meet you right where you're at. So we're with you. We're walking with you. If we can help anyway, please reach out and it would be our honor to walk with you through a season like that. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, I want to encourage you to head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook 
and send us a DM and ask your question there or uh, shoot us an email at leadingsecond at churchforward.co. And we would love to bring you on to a future episode of the podcast and uh, discuss it with everyone. So without further ado, I am so excited today to be joined uh, by Pastors Earl and Onika McClellan. Uh, say hi to everybody. Hello. hello, hello. Hey. What's up, family? I'm so glad you guys are here today. And We're thrilled. Uh, we're honored. We're, we're excited. We're so excited. Yes. We love you and your family and so much. Not near as much as we love you. I promise you. Um, we, we think the world of you all. And, no, we um, think the world of you. <laughs> Um, I do want to give you a proper introduction, though. Uh, pastors Earl and Onika are the lead pastors of Shoreline City Church uh, with campuses in Dallas, Texas, and Antigua, Guatemala. So, uh, it's better that. It's better that. Three, three thriving, growing uh, campuses. And uh, previously, and actually when I met you, um, Earl and Onika were leading second leaders, you know, second chair leaders at Shoreline wow. Church in Austin. Texas. Yep. And uh, you all are building something so special in uh, Dallas and in Guatemala. I just want you to know, first and foremost, uh, Lindsay and I love you and we love your team. Uh, it is a it is a home away from home for us. And wow. you, you yep. have such a special culture. And anytime we get to walk in the doors or see your team at, at a retreat or an event somewhere, it is it is the biggest treat for us. So we just want you to know, um, you know, from the bottom of our heart, thank you for being our friends. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for partnering with, with Leading Second, too. Uh, that has meant the world to us. We appreciate you saying that, but you know this like we do, Brandon. Uh, obviously, the team is wonderful. We're, we're humbled that we get the chance to serve with them and lead them and help them become all God has called them to be. And what, what a great journey. Uh, but it definitely didn't start out that way. <laughs> and you were, you were there in the beginning. Yes. To, to help, uh, you know, pour in um, some some vision and to be, you know, a good uh, uncle, if you will, That's and, right. and Lindsay, a good aunt to come in and say, hey, um, I know we're trying to go here, but I don't <laughs> point it the right direction uh, at, at this point in time. So, so thank you for all the investment that yeah. you've made into our church over the years. We are better for it, stronger for it, and we still quote a lot of the things that you shared with us on our journey. For sure. There's no doubt about that. Well, quote away, quote away. And yeah, I, those early days were fun. I feel like, you know, our ministry, when we stepped out to travel seven years ago, you know, we, we, we were getting started as you guys were getting started in a way. And, and we all kind of got started together. And I'm, I'm just glad that God saw fit to have our paths crossed. So um, thank you very much. And um, I want to get started with this, first of all, uh, because I, I kind of like to start interviews this way. Um, you, you have a beautiful family. Tell us a little bit about your family and what's something unique about your family that maybe not a lot of people would uh, would know. Well, first, my wife is the finest woman on the planet, but I guess everybody knows that. So I should probably start with something. Different. That's hilarious. Uh, we, we've been married 21 years. I uh, have some fantastic kids, a 13-year-old son, an 8-year-old son, and a 3-year-old little girl. And uh, something interesting about us is, hey, 
we love to dance at our house. Yeah, yeah. we're we're musical. Yes, indeed. So, well, self-proclaimed musical, not naturally musical. Yeah, I think it's more <laughs> comic relief for all of us. But if the right song comes on, our entire family from L. Who's to, three, to yes. three to mom and dad, we, you know, we're all going to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> it can become a healthy family nightclub in a second. <laughs> and we don't hold back. We don't hold back. I love it. I love it. And I think people could go back and creep on some past Instagram posts to, oh, to yes. see yeah. Oh, yes. We don't post all of them, but every now and then they, they do, they do make it onto that old world wide web. (laughs) 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 It's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, um, you know, when I met you all, and one of the things I think I love most about you is that your lead pastors now, but you actually started in the second chair. So you, you started, you, when I met you, you were leading second leaders in your own right for, Pastors Rob and Laura Koch in yeah. in mm-hmm. Austin. So yeah, get us started so today. Talk to us about your own season in the second chair and starting out in ministry. Yeah, great question. Well, you know, long before we were ever a second chair, uh, I think we had, had a had stool. A, yeah, before a second <laughs> right. chair, Earl actually had a desk outside of an office. He didn't even have an office. Me too, by the way. Yeah. Me too. I did that. Yeah. Yep, desk outside of the office. So, you know, you know, all those times are fun and, and shaping and molding and help you become who you're supposed to be and all, all a part of that that journey. But yeah, we we love um, Rob and Laura Coke still to this day. Uh, you know, sure. still consider family. them our pastors, family. We love them tremendously, and just so thankful for their example in our lives. And it was a it was a joy to hold up their arms for all those uh, years uh, there in Austin. Um, but yeah, so we did that. Oh goodness, probably in a second chair role would have been the la- wasn't the whole twelve years. Yeah, you know, like that would have last five, five to seven, seven years, years or, yes, so, or, yes. or so. Yeah, of us, of us being there, and um, and what what a joy it was. Um, still, still look back on that time with so many fond memories and and learn so much. Something that I think is so beautiful about getting to see second be in the second chair seat is you have a front row seat in what God is doing in the life of the church and also a front row seat in what God is doing in the life of your pastors. And we learned so much just from that vantage point that we may not have learned if we were like 15 rows back. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't take it lightly that we got to see them make major decisions, be a part of major decisions that help move the church forward. But we would even ask our opinion on major decisions. Yeah. The (laughs) fact that they would even, yeah, like Earl said, Mm -hmm. ask of us as they're making a decision to turn um, this you know, thousands of people church to move it forward that we got to play a part in that we never took it lightly, nor did we take it lightly when they invited us into their life, into their heart, into their home Mm -hmm. and allowed us to be a part of some of their most difficult moments in life when they lost their son, which still brings us to tears this day to some of their highest points and highest times in life. And Mm -hmm. so we literally are sponges. We've never considered ourselves to arrive even to this day that we have our own church. We always love learning from the church planner whose church is not even started yet to someone who's been in ministry for over 30 years. And so I think that's where we got our stamina being in second chair is we were always teachable Mm. and we didn't have an end game or an end motive in mind. It came from a very pure place of literally, I want to hold up your arms. I want to see this church be all that it can be. And I want to help push your dreams in this church forward, however I can. And so that kept our hearts healthy. That's so good. So well said. And I hope as we're talking today, I hope that everyone listening, let me just 
tune in the frequency of like your ears, your, your, your brain for a second here. I want you to, to hear and understand the honor with which this amazing couple is communicating because I, I feel like, and I'm just going to brag on you guys for a second. I feel like honor is in so many, so many situations rare. It is uncommon. That's one of the words we put over leading second was uncommon. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I feel like it's uncommon, yet it is the lifeblood of healthy teams. It's the lifeblood of of healthy promotion, of healthy transition, some of the things we're going to get to today. And I just appreciate the way that you all, even now that you you have your own baby, I appreciate the way that you owned, you know, that season as if it was your own, yeah. you know, even, even when it was somebody else's property. Well, that's, that's kind of you to say. And honestly, you know, uh, that mindset, I think, has even helped us in, you know, leading our own church now, uh, because at the end of the day, this doesn't even belong to us. Sure. It really, it really is God's. Sure, totally. So, so, so it helped, I think, uh, learning to to carry someone else's vision, um, hold up their arms, you know, take care of their baby, if you will, as if it were our own. Uh, because now that we've gotten into this other chair, uh, and now that we are leading uh, over and over again, I keep reminding myself and God, Lord, this definitely cannot be mine. <laughs> this has right. to be yours because this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I want to say something um, real quick too, is I think that now that we're in the leading chair as opposed to the second chair, you sometimes think when you're in the second chair that you have all the facts Mm. and that you understand the whole scope of a situation Mm -hmm. or decision that's being made. But now that I'm in the leading chair, I realize that there were so many other dynamics at play Mm -hmm. and um, it's just a completely different vantage point and viewpoint because when you're in the second chair, you have to trust and you can't think small minded. You can't just think from what you think in your perspective mm-hmm. and your own, like, in your own department. You have leading. to realize that there's a whole church at work and multi, you know, then there's a, a big, there's always a bigger picture than the narrative that you're focusing on. And so I would just encourage anyone in second chair or anyone on team to insert trust. Even when you think your idea is better to insert trust and yes, realize, yeah. you know what, there must be something bigger at work and play that I'm not aware of. So I'm going to trust my leader in this moment with this decision, because I may just have 25 percent of the data, mm-hmm. but yep. he has the whole that he or she has mm-hmm. the rest of the data. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to insert trust even on the other part that I don't understand. Yeah, that's great. That's so good. In fact, Onika, I'd like to lean into that for a second uh, and go even off off our script here for a second. Um, because I, I feel like one of the ways I bumped my head, you know, early on in, in my own journey of ministry was I figured that I had to understand all of the facts or everything going into a decision before I could align with it. I I called it understand first, align second. And I ended up figuring out very quickly that was not going to work Mm. that any, which I, I really only probably had a couple that I can think of, but any head bumps that I had in that regard were were because I felt like I needed to know all the facts, or I didn't understand why we why we were making this decision, or you know whatnot. You think you're the smartest person in the room, or you absolutely are, you're right, or you know your idea is the best, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have all of these things, and you begin to champion your idea and yes. your thought and your position, and you put that above 
shoot your leader. You put it above the vision of the church. Uh, you, you put it above, um, even some of the collateral damage, uh, that could be caused as a result of your decision. And I recognize most times it comes from a pure place. Um, most times, not all the time, (laughs) most times, uh, it does, but it does take a lot of maturity to come into a room and to say, Hey, uh, I'm laying this at your feet leader. I, I do believe in it. I'm ready to run with it. I'll help execute it. Uh, but, but, and I think this is right, but at the end of the day, I want alignment with you. I want you to know, I have your back. I want you to know this, me being right, or you using my idea is not more important than our relationship. There's all of these other things that help make the relationship healthy for the long haul. Um, I I even heard, uh, I think Andy Stanley or someone say this, this is a long, long, long time ago, but he said, uh, doing ministry ineffectively is not sin. Totally. Totally. And I really, really just like that, you know? So even if the worst idea in the room gets picked, that's fine. That's not sin. Okay. So you can get in alignment with that. Because it's pushing people towards Christ. It's this is what your pastor has said yes to. So that's all you really need outside of obviously if it's immoral or, you know, unethical and all right. those things. But right. but most situations, it's not that at all. Get your behind in alignment. Say yes. Own the idea as if it was yours. It will actually create even more trust and synergy on the team rather than you pouting or you definitely better not complain to other team members. That's even worse or at worst, even church members about totally. how they did not do your idea. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're so right. That that buy in, mm-hmm. that alignment is key. It is so good. And I think for me, I, I flipped the script on that. If, if it, my old version was understand first, align second, my new version quickly became align first, understand second. And that I'm actually, if I'm serving, like you said, if I'm serving an ethical leader and, and if I've chosen to make this man, this woman, my pastor, then, then I can align with that and I can throw myself into that. And here's what I found too. One of two situations happens. Uh, First decision or first situation that happens is your the the idea that wasn't your idea ends up working. <laughs> Imagine that that an idea that wasn't mine could actually work, you know, number 1. And or the opposite happens. Maybe the idea tanks, but because I preserved honor, because I preserved alignment, I'm in position now to help. And I'm yep. in position now to to help keep the ball moving down the not out of a I told you so, not out of a I was right never breathing those words, but I'm actually now in a position to help because I didn't break trust along the way. Right. And right, right. and now right. I get to either way our team wins because of alignment. Yeah. That's exactly right. Trust is such a powerful thing, you know, for you or for anyone to come to their leader and for their leader to feel I'm with you. Yes. I trust you. I'm for you. I'm on your side. And I don't trust you and I'm for you and I'm with you and I'm on your side if you do what I want you to do. It is, mm, yeah. I'm with you, no, no strings attached, no matter what. If you go, I'm going with you. If you say left, I'm going left. And if you say right, I'm going right. Now, he, you've asked me to think. You've asked me to bring ideas. Here's my idea. Yep. Here's what I think we should do. Uh, but at the end of the day, I am with you 
Which way do you want to go? And the amount of energy, passion, strength that that brings to the team and to the leader and how it even guards the leading second person's heart. Yeah. It, it's amazing the multitude of sins, if you will, that can be covered with that type of posture. Absolutely. But nowadays, nowadays, I'm maybe talking too much here, but nowadays people are so into, oh, give me, I need transparency and I need this, I need that. And, and you think um, they are asked, they think people think they're asking for transparency or input because the leader is not trustworthy. But in actuality, it is, that's just a sign of their own lack of trust. Right. When you are nitpicking and trying to dig and trying to figure out and you have to know first before you get in alignment, it's not because something's wrong with the leader. Right. It's because something's off in you. Yeah. So you've got to get that in order first and it actually will help the relationship flow even more smoothly. Beautiful. Okay. So let's talk about another area of alignment and that is where we find ourselves maybe in an unseen or an unnoticed place, you know, looking after something that we perceive to be small, something that we perceive to be insignificant out of the limelight. Uh, Somehow that that's, that's the reality of, of leading in the second chair is that there are big moments, but maybe more often there are small moments or seemingly small moments that we navigate often very silently and where Mm -hmm. we really show our alignment and we really show our faithfulness even when we may never be noticed for it, get the credit. Yeah. I, I know you all have found yourself in some situations where you were looking after, you know, small things on behalf of your, you know, your your pastor at the time and and found yourself in those seasons. Can you talk about that for a minute and, and what that experience was like for you? I remember a season and Earl, you can chime in on this when we were on team in Austin And it was a season where um, Pastor Rob needed Earl to help lead the church, but not from a preaching standpoint, but more of an administrative department head. Um, He had asked him to take over a lot of um, areas of the church. And so he needed Earl more in the grind and all the dirt under his nails, but wasn't leaning on Earl as much to speak. And Earl, of course, in in my opinion, is a great communicator. And so that season, um, he had to lay that down and almost like, you know, put it under a, hide it out a little bit, meaning he wasn't able to exercise that part of his creativity or that part of his gift. It was all more in an administrative season. And now that I look back, I'm so thankful for that season. Number one, cause Earl has never found his identity in the microphone anyway. Still to this day, he finds his identity across from someone looking into their eyes, speaking life into them. But he, or in Jesus, honey. Okay. Yes. And in Jesus. Right. Yes. Yes. And in Jesus, of course. Of course. Not a new job, not a new title. Yeah. And we know if you were on a desert island that you would want your Bible. I would we want know my Bible. Want I would Bible. want my Bible. Yes. Yeah. But with that said, um, I feel like it was just the best training ground because now he knows how to lead and help, you know, run a healthy church. Because he got to do that by being second chair, focusing on staff relations, focusing on team building, focusing on meeting with department heads. That's beautiful. And so he sat in so many different chairs that now he has a great perspective. Sometimes when you're only the lead guy and you've never been three chairs down, you can be removed a little bit from what it's like to be the person three chairs down. And so since I feel like we've sat in, in mm-hmm. many chairs, mm-hmm. it makes you a better leader. Oh, so right. um, I think that. 
I feel like the greats, like I think that we live in a generation where everyone's trying to become a great, but common thread that I see in greats is dirt under their nails and very hungry and very hardworking. And most of what you see is, um, a little tiny speck compared to who they are behind the scenes and the price that they had to pay. And it comes with such a great cost. And part of that cost is saying yes. Part of that cost is being unseen. But if you steward the unseen seasons, mm-hmm. God, if, if you're supposed to be the next great whoever, it, number one, your direct report can't um, pro, pro, you know, pro, protect <laughs> you from that. Yeah, yeah. God right. is going to help. He can find you in obscurity. Absolutely. But some dirt under your nails and have the heart of the house in your heart. Be surrendered, be submitted, and watch God shock you with what you, what you learn in the season of obscurity with the dirt under your nails. That's real. Absolutely. Good. I just was telling a young leader and a team the other night, I said, I don't think very many people realize how hard my senior pastor, Kevin Gerald, um, how hard he works and how hard they work. That I think so many times Instagram fools us and you you see someone's highlights and and they live a very blessed life with great influence and great opportunities. But but I they I know they hustle and they grind and they they have Mm. a lot of dirt under their fingernails and and a a lot of things happening behind the scenes. And and it's made me start to wonder. I don't know that we ever get out of the the, the test of small things. I I don't think so. I'm in total agreement. You you don't graduate from it. I'm in total agreement. I totally agree. And and, uh, to to your point, both of you and Onika, by the way, that was beautiful what you said. Uh, (laughs) Not even just about me. That was kind, but just more of the the thoughts that you were sharing. Um, Well, Onika and I, we know we have three kids. Obviously, you know, you and Lindsay, uh, have your beautiful daughter. Uh, so whenever we ask someone to babysit our kids, um, you know, we're, we're giving them a lot of influence, yes. right? We're leaving the house. We're going on a date and we're just expect, expecting when we come home, you know, the house is not burned down and everybody's, you know, everything's in order. Right. Um, but, but really I don't maybe nitpick on every single piece of what they're going to be doing with my child, but I know if something is off with my child. I even know if something is off with my house. So yeah, the big things of, you know, make sure, you know, no one cuts themselves, big things to make sure the house doesn't burn down. Of course, those big things matter, but the small things, you know, matter too. I want to know, okay, what was said and how is, uh, you know, how, how are my kids responding? And, and what did you say to them? And okay, somebody wasn't feeling well. And what did you give? And what did you do? I mean, I'm drilling down to all those small things. And those small things really, really matter, you know, to me. So I would say with any person who is on team, understand it's, it's like you're taking care of somebody else's child. Yeah. And yeah, the, the big things like, did they get off to school? Well, yeah, of course that matters. But you also really care about every tiny detail. So the small things carry a significant amount of weight and you really care when they are off. When they're on, they're supposed to be on. But when they're off, you definitely notice them. So if you treat it as insignificant and then you end up letting it drop, it actually – you're not going to be my babysitter much longer. Right. That's Even right, if it's right. a small thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I, You're not going to be my babysitter much longer. Every time I come home after you fed the kids, like, the counters are a mess. Right. 
I know it's a small thing and I didn't, I didn't, you know, bring you here to clean my counters, but if you're going to feed the kids and you're going to dirty up a bunch of dishes, please make sure my kids and you just clean up after themselves. Yep. That might be a small thing, but to me, it's a, it's a, uh, there's not honor here. There's th- things aren't in order. I can't, if I can't trust you with that small stuff, then I don't know what you're going to be doing with the big stuff. Well, a practical small thing would be, um, if we just promoted someone on our team, um, either with leadership role or a bonus or increased resources. But then the next time we have a team meeting, they're five minutes late. That seems like a small thing to them mm. of like, oh, I was stuck in traffic. But it's a very big thing to me because I think once you step into a new season of leadership, then you should be there before everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so small things are actually big things. Yeah, and I we agree. can't trust ourselves. What we think is small is actually really big to our leader. Yeah, yeah. And our leader is watching what we do with the small things seemingly because really they add up to become a lot of big things. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today with Pastors Earl and Anika McClellan. And they're actually going to be back next week on the podcast as we continue our conversation. You're definitely not going to want to uh, miss that. If this podcast has resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. I would encourage you to head to uh, the Leading Second Forum on Facebook and find us, join our community, join our tribe, as well as uh, leave a rating or a comment on the on the podcast. However, you're listening to this, subscribe and share it with someone. We would count it the honor of a lifetime to have a voice into your world and into your team's world um, every single week. Also, if you're listening to this and uh, it's close to release day, you could probably still sneak in an application for one of our fall coaching groups. We would love to have you in one of our groups this fall. Head to leadingsecond.com for more information on coaching. Uh, Until next week, uh, know that we're in your corner. We love you. It's an honor to build a church alongside you. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. (laughs) 